1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Hey, feeling good, like I said. When in Durban, I'll go down the neighborhood. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got the sunshine on my Sunday bed. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you're chiming in on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Kyle, good morning. How you doing? Glad to have you back. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Last week you weren't here. I was I was out of town. It was Chad and I in the morning, but I'm glad, glad to see you back. How I come was, back. How are the mountains? The mountains were great. Where were you again? We went up to Winter Park, checked out the Jazz Festival up there. Oh, no, the Jazz Fest? Yeah, that was cool. That was cool, man. Spent the some time with the family. Fest. No, this time of year you don't get to as much. Yeah. So um, kind of leading up to the fall. What do you mean this time of year you don't get to? Well, just because of football, right? I, I don't get to. I get home at like You mean you don't get like, to spend time with your family? There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> is that what you were trying to say? <laughs> I don't get to what? You don't get to. Is that what you were trying to say? No, that that's you? what I was saying. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're really it. enjoying this family time. So I, I have to be very intentional about it. I see. The point I'm trying I to see. Make. I come back and you guys are watching zombie house flipping in the in the studio like you know who was doing one that? week away and you guys were doggone when the cat's away, the mice will play, apparently. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm looking at the TV in the studio. I'm, try, I'm trying to get this. House I'm trying right. to get the open championship here on the studio because they're playing in Royal Liverpool right now. It's absolutely pouring rain, and they're playing through. It's been a fascinating tournament so far. The leaders are off, and Brian Harmon, who had a five-shot lead heading into the day over Cameron Young, his lead is still, what is it now, At uh, it's at five. But it's over McElroy and Rom, and he is through three. So, barring a total ejection today from Brian Harmon, he should have this thing wrapped up. All you got to do is play par, par golf here, and you should be home free. But it's pouring, and it's golf. So you never yeah. know how it's going to play out. And, and, and I believe we said that uh, about Rom in the Masters, right? Yeah. Because he was trailing for a long time, too. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wound up pulling that thing out. So yeah, I'd be stunned if he, I'd be stunned if he blew this. I really would. I wow, mean, you got to those puddles, man. I'm telling you, it's absolutely pouring. It's absolutely pouring. This is these are open conditions right here. You can't feel your clubs. Every time you take a swing, you think your club's going to go flying into the gallery. You got to constant. You got to see. Have you ever played wet golf before? Rainy golf? Not on purpose. Not on purpose. But have you played out in the rain? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, well, I, and I don't play much golf, but right. I've had the unfortunate experience of doing it. I enjoy playing in the rain, but as long as it's not raining too much. When it's raining like this, I'm a sicko when it comes to golf, so if it's just absolutely, you know, coming down, I'll play through that. It's not like I'm breaking out the rain gear or anything. The key is, is you got to keep the towel dry. That's the entire key to rain golf. Okay. You have to keep the towel and the glove dry. So the second that you hit a shot, bam, glove goes right in the pocket. You got to make sure glove stays dry and you got to constantly be putting the towel around your grip. See, that's where a lot of people screw up is a lot of people go and they wipe the grip down with the towel. You got to take the, the towel. towel. You get, yeah, exactly. You got to take the towel and wrap it around your grip so the grip never gets wet. There you go. This is kind of like there you uh, go. there's a there's your rain golf tip like this morning. Football. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Very much so. Yeah, a little bit. What is the key? What's the key there for wet football? Um, you have to have some type of container on the sideline. 
Okay. To like a bin or something yeah, like that. Yeah, to cycle balls in and out of. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got you put the wet one in. You pre- you take the dry one out, and then somebody got somebody drying off the wet football. Well, well you keep it. You keep it dry towel. I've <laughs> I've been with coaches who've had like devices to dry footballs on the side. What do you mean? Um, like towel warmers. Okay. Think okay. That, yeah. To, to, yeah. To absorb the water out of them. Sure. Quickly. Um, like so, a blow dryer. Uh, I haven't seen that. That'd be a little sketch in the rain. Yeah, probably not safe. I don't know if you've seen What Women Want with Mel Gibson, but water and a blow dryer—they don't mix. Didn't go well. No, yeah, no, they don't mix. But no, you—I don't know. It mixed for him. You know, I don't know. Kind of. But that was the—that was the point of that movie. I don't know that Mel Gibson is. Yeah. Well. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, but you—you know—you got to have a plan. In other words. So what is your plan? Just a bin. Just a bin. Sounds like you need a better plan. No, you just take as many. You usually take about three game balls. Okay. On a rainy day, you take like seven. You take like seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're just constantly just cycling them out. That makes sense. Do you have multiple bins or just one? Just one. Ah, see, otherwise, I think you got to go multiple bins. And then put one on the end of each. Well, bin. yeah, and you maybe maybe you have maybe you just have one dry bin and one wet bin. That's your yeah. kind, you know. And let me tell you something about high school ball. Plays. I'll come. I'll come down to Overland. I'll help yeah. you out. Develop a new system. Here. Okay. And right. we'll pat. Maybe we'll patent it. And take it on the road? Yeah, just like the Heat tried to do with culture. We'll trademark it. <laughs> you believe they tried to do Some that? things you can't say. Can you believe they tried to do that? Oh, they tried Pat to Riley. trademark culture. It's Pat Riley, man. Stupid Miami. Pat Riley has three P-men. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> it's been a fascinating weekend across the sports world because we're still just biding time until the NFL season. That's pretty much where we're at with baseball and, you know, there's tennis on and clearly this is the last major golf tournament of the year. But outside of that, man, football is right around the corner. And for us here in Denver, this is training camp week. It starts on Friday. And it's kind of the moment we've all been waiting for as far as Sean Payton coming into the fold and hitting reset on the Russell Wilson experiment. I don't know about you, but that's kind of how I see it this year. Fresh start, Russ. Take two. Russ, take two. (laughs) You know? Got a mulligan on last year. Yeah, you know, and it's not completely because... I think you have to at least acknowledge and learn from what happened last year, and they will. And Sean Payton has gone through everything from last year, and I'm sure is coming in here with a better vision. But as far as my expectations for Russ, there's two ways you can look at it. You can either hold last year against him and be upset about everything, which I think a lot of people are, and probably deservedly so. But if you go into the season like that, you're... Runway, the the patience you're going to have to watch yet another new process develop, I think will be shorter than it probably should because it is, again, deja vu here in Broncos country. We're starting fresh. Oh, man, and it stinks to do this at the beginning of the season. I wish we were having this conversation in February because I'd be able to say. Well, we did. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I, we did have uh, this conversation in February. This might require another check-in because I would like to be able to say, okay, I'm willing to forgive the first year because of how the second year went. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to fast forward through this year because I think it's going to be an enjoyable one. But I don't. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say I'm ready to have a ton of forgiveness for last year. Because You're it, not, it are you? Bad. It was I know, bad. I know. It was awful. It was bad. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, the it, worst it, offense in the NFL. It was the worst offense in the NFL. But, it, but at times, like I said, I've gone back and rewatched a few of these games. It was just flat out bad football and I, and I understand it was a combination of the quarterback and the head coach and injuries and all those things but there were times where it was flat out unwatchable you know what I'm going to get up and, and do something outside 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. There were times where you wanted yeah. to flat out walk away. You wanted to be anywhere else. Anywhere else. If we didn't have yeah. to do it for work, you'd have turned the game off. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were it, the fact that fans were leaving an overtime game that was tied. You know, tied going into overtime. That was unbelievable. I can't watch another minute of this. In week, what was it, four? So, yeah. you're right. It was awful. But, again, so you enter it. You Okay. So you enter the season like that this year. And what? How? Pessimistic? Yes, pessimistic. Okay. If you enter the season pessimistic and things don't go swimmingly right away, do you have less patience than you would if you would have just kind of reset your mindset heading into the year? Absolutely. I came in, Duke's up. Oh, because <laughs> there it is again. Look at Russ. Look at Russ. Holding on to it too long. Listen. But again, but again. There is part of that because that's still who he is. It's not like his entire game has, you know, is going to have changed. No, it's not. But once bitten, twice shy. Okay. And if you have to watch, ask yourself the same question. If you have to watch that again, we're talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. No, thank you. Uh uh-uh. uh. That'd right? be horrible. Yeah. It, well, I just it's don't believe job, it's going like to be that say. bad. I will watch it again. I just don't believe it's going to be that bad. No, I, I don't I, think there's any way that it could possibly be that bad. And, okay, so now this takes us down the road of if it becomes unwatchable <laughs> and frustrating, uh-huh. right? Yeah, We're frustrated. you got to believe that the team is going to be frustrated because they've had 17 games of 15 games of yeah, that already. Right, struggle to go there. But How much yeah. do you look over the shoulder and say, "Do we see what Stidham has?" Oh well, that will be the question. Yeah, and, and I can only imagine if it is a slow start, how fast that stuff starts to come up. If they come back from Chicago and they are one in three, I, you, it wouldn't be that early anyway. So anybody clamoring for yeah. it that early, I think, would be you know a little you know, foolish. But if you get to the bye week and you're two and six, you know, three and five, you probably you probably don't touch it at three and five. But at two and six, you probably fresh out of patience. We'll be asking the question: yeah. How much longer does this does this does you know show yeah, this band have to play yeah. here before we get the gong out and call them <laughs> off the stage? Because you're right. There's going to be a significant portion of Broncos. But I, I, I am here to tell you that I am willing to give Russ a fresh start. I would love to hear from the text line just how patient are you? I'm really willing to give him a fresh start. And I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't all Hackett. Russ had a lot to do with it. But it was extremely dysfunctional last year. And I'm just hoping to reach that baseline of competence before we even start to stack brick by brick in the development of this new culture, this new system, as we've spoken about at length over this offseason, we believe that there will be a raised baseline of expectation for improvement with this football team. And that entails better communication. That entails lack of dysfunction. That entails better execution, better play design, better play calling. And I think a more talented and hopefully healthier team by the time the season rolls around. And more prepared, Kyle. More prepared team. I find it hard to believe that the Broncos are going to make their way through this camp, make their way through three preseason games, because remember, there's three, while actually playing, while actually 
callousing themselves and show up week one against a very mediocre Raider team and underwhelm us. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of those things that you listed that can happen, and the Broncos still lose. And that is that's kind of the dichotomy that you have to find a balance. Man, do I continue to have this patience even though they are losing and looking better? Are they still going to be 21st in the league in rushing yards? I don't think mm. so. I would hope not. But I understand that Sean Payton can lead a pass-happy team. I was looking at Breeze's stats from his time in New Orleans, and golly, he threw 38 passes a game. Mm-hmm. And so, he, you know, if it, if it gets going well, that he can get happy with that. So you, you want to find a balance of all of those things while at the same time stacking some victories because you can still be pretty better because they were so bad last year in loose football games. What do the passing attempts have to do with it? Uh, passing attempts in terms of... You just said Breeze was thrown? I, I'd like to see... That's one of the indicators for me. Okay. Will the Broncos be better in the rushing game? Right? Okay. But I know that Sean Payton has the tendency to get pass happy. I depending think, on I the think performance that's just the NFL, man. It, yes. I Okay. I mean, is it not? I mean, do we see many teams? You know what? You can give me pushback there because there are teams that just don't have that skill set if you don't have the quarterback. Yeah. Like Justin Fields. Well, and the, and the problem is you're talking to an old school guy. I, I believe in running the football. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, who, what football coach doesn't? Uh, Andy Reid. Um, I don't know if it's that or he just has the best football player on planet Earth. That one, Dante, might actually be more apropos. And he said Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Yeah, see, that one might make more sense to me. Andy Reid just happens to have Patrick Mahomes. I would I would wager that it would be different without him. I mean, think about the, the offenses they used to have. Didn't all used to be just pass happy. I mean, he had Brian Westbrook, right, in yeah. Philly for years. And then was he there with Jamal Charles? Were they, they were there in Kansas City together, they right? They were. Yeah, so I, I would just say, like, you know, a good coach adapts his scheme and his game plan based upon his personnel and the strengths of his team and the weaknesses, you know, furthermore. So yeah, the best of Jamal Charles, too. I think that's that the hope tough. here in Broncos country is that the Broncos now have a coach who can do the same things, who can evaluate the strengths and the weaknesses and promote those within the game plan, within the structure, within the scheme, whereas I don't believe Nathaniel Hackett could even get there and whether or not he could get there there was a serious disconnect between him and russell wilson at the end of the day yeah maybe it was respect based maybe it was relationship based just in the fact that it was so fresh and so new it was experience too i mean you're talking about two different levels of football coaching here Mm -hmm. and hacking being able to get to that point to evaluate the players to take advantage of their skill sets is something that you may have had the patience to grow into, right? Sean Payton's had so much experience, he can evaluate those things in July and August right. and, and hit the ground running. So I think for that reason, you're going to see a better offense earlier on. Like I said, I'm nervous that it won't always equate to W's. Okay. But, the, but the conversation was yeah. about patience, right? No, no, no. And, yeah. and that process that you mentioned is going to be an accelerated one just from the sheer experience that Sean Payton has. Well, we now know why training camp is limited. I don't know if you caught this story this week, but apparently there was a tweet last year sent out from the Saturday that drew over 7,000 fans in training camp last season. And somebody sent it to the fire marshal and said, hey, that seems like a lot of people. Can it hold that much? Somebody snitched. 
and the fire marshal basically went to the Broncos and said, you have two options. You can either have somebody with the pitch counter at the gate and just start counting fans and then cap it at 3,000. Turn people away. Right. Yeah. Or you can do the ticketing system. So it really wasn't the Broncos or the Penners or Sean Payton who chose to operate this way. That that really never made sense. I mean, for Sean Payton, maybe if you were trying to fit it into the narrative that he was trying to tighten and lock things down before, you know, before the season started and minimize distraction. But even still, you want as many fans out as you can have as your facility can hold. Yeah. The players I, I don't think love that's that. where you would start. Yeah. If, well, if, it's if clearly not. Plan, right? It's clearly not. But I just don't know why we didn't hear this from the Broncos out of the jump. They mentioned that it was per the, what was it, Arapahoe County regulations, but... If, I know oh, why. Why is that? Because you don't want to admit that you're out there violating the fire code. Well, no, I don't I, agree. I, I, I don't. I disagree. Disagree. I, 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 disagree. I, would, I wouldn't put that out there. Not from the very beginning. I would make you pry that out of me for sure. Oh no way. No 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 no. The Broncos could have saved them, uh, saved themselves a lot of negative uh, reaction there if they would have just said, "Look, we had two choices. This isn't our call here." It was. If they would have given us a little bit more explanation, I think they would have saved themselves from a little bit more of the negative backlash there. Because originally, you know, I think there was some question, at least I certainly had some question about whether or not, you know, the Broncos were somewhat complicit on it. But now I believe that it was really just, and maybe I did before. Yeah, it was. It was. So we know that. And the other thing we know is on Tuesday, we're getting a new helmet. They're dropping it. It's going to be icy, apparently. Are you in for the white helmets? Uh, it's in vogue right now. You, you've seen it on all levels. It, it really is. So I'm, I'm cool with it. I have been begging CU to bring back the Stormtrooper look. It's Carl Durrell. Oh, Carl. He would never wear a jersey other than the traditional. All they wore was their traditional uniforms. And part of the allure of college football these days and recruiting and bringing these kids in is having all these different uniform combinations. And, and honest to goodness, CU has some of the cleanest uniforms, in my opinion, in the country. They're really good-looking uniforms now that they got away from the Dan Hawkins era where they tried to throw them back. But, you know, every time they played, they just threw up. So, <laughs> so, so I love the fact that they're going white helmet. They're going to wear them, I heard, I think, with the Color Rush jerseys, which are they're all orange. I, look, am I in the minority here? I am not a huge fan of the orange look. I know I'm in the minority here. I know I am. I'm more preferable to the dark blue during the Elway years, the later Elway years. So you're saying when Peyton came and they went to the orange for their primary home. Yeah, they went creamsicle with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's a lot. Dante, what do you think? Two orange? I kind of like the orange. Okay. It's yeah, different. Again, I'm in the minority. Have the orange, so it's like, you know. It's uh, iconic. It's yeah. recognizable. I'm not here to fight against that. You do that. have a different question on jerseys, though. Okay. What's the last new jersey that came out that you guys liked? Because I can't think of it. In the NFL? Yeah. I think every new jersey's been bad. No. I don't like the new Colts one. I the don't new like the Colts Jets jerseys, one. the Indiana Knights jerseys are so yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. I, I tell you, the worst one oh, is Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta has the worst uniforms in the league. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They, actually, yeah. Uh, they're okay. they're better than they used to be. Oh, no. They're awful. The throwbacks awesome. are sweet with the red helmet. Uh-huh. They're wearing yeah. that a couple times this year. Oh, yeah. Cleveland, a few years ago, when they put Cleveland across the front, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was real high schoolish. That, 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 that was terrible. Well, did you see Cleveland's got a new white uniform as well? They're going in all white this year, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, white from from head to toe is. I, I think it's a dope look. I'm a huge fan of like the Texas Longhorns icy yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, from 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 head to toe, I, I love it. Um, 
the last ones that you know what I liked a few years ago when the Jags went to the gradient helmet. Mm, yeah, that was nice. I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I loved I like when they changed that. back. When they went just to the I black. like their uniforms now. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I They're think, pretty I think they have recovered well from that. I didn't mind the gradient. The gradient I thought was childish. Well, probably was. <laughs> that's probably why they got rid of it. You know, I think the Seahawks uniforms, Dante, when they first mm. introduced the new Seahawks uniforms, it was it was very jarring because it was so different from everything else. But over the years, I actually think they've held up really well. I think they look pretty solid still. Like, I mean, they've been wearing the same uniform, what, since around the time that Russell got there? Yeah. Did you see they put out the other day they were done with the all gray? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, good. Those were bad. Those. I did see that they're go, uh, bringing the throwback back. Yeah, the Chad Browns. Yeah, the OG Chad Browns. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Dave Craigs. There's a lot of great throwbacks. The Falcons, the Bucks are bringing back their creamsicles. Oh. See, and those, then, uh, those I'm looking too. forward to. I think those are fantastic. I love the 90s jerseys. I do. Oh, you know who else is going uh, retro? The Vikings this year. They're going back more to their 90s look where they, you know, the classic Moss look before they changed it when Adrian Peterson got there. When they had Randy and Cunningham and Culpepper yeah, and Chris Carter. They had some bad years in there. Those were my favorite jerseys of all time. The, far, oh, so the Favre years were terrible. The far, yeah, yeah, the Favre years were awful. Yeah. But this is pre-Favre, way pre-Favre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Tennessee's bringing back their uh, Oilers. The, the old well, Houston Oilers jerseys. So do you guys love that the NFL's gotten into the uniform game? Not, like, is it? Yeah, I do. Because it's it, becoming a little NBA for me, which the NBA drove me nuts. Cause there the, NBA is way, I, the NBA is way over the line. The NBA's got like 50 new jerseys. The NBA, it, the There's problem, no colors. Well, the problem is, is the NBA doesn't keep the good ones. So, like, they'll get some good ones, but then they just trash them the next year. It's like, no, no, no. Let's keep the ones that are good and have that as a cycle. I know it's all about money, and anyway, we we went off on a little on a little but tangent no, there. It's but funny on because Tuesday, I think it's really a part of the game and the entertainment experience. Yeah. So I think it has some value for sure. I I, I kind of want to flush a little bit of it because I'm I'm a huge fan of the pro look, right? Mm. Like I'm old school. You, I hate that guys are wearing single digit numbers now. Like you're a pro, man. Let's let's tighten this thing up. I think single those, digit numbers. Uh, you hating on the single I'm a Scrooge, digits. man. I can't I, I can't stand it, man. The zero is a little lame. I think all of it's lame. I don't like the zero. You're, you're a pro. Wear a pro number. That's something that was always special to me about transitioning from the college game to the NFL games. Like, man, no, you can't be, be a corner and wear number seven. Individuality, Kyle. Yeah. Branding. Yeah, but it's what it's all about. It's now. the best team sport ever. But who sticks out more? Bradley Chubb wearing a number two or Bradley Chubb wearing a number 95? That's awful. It's <laughs> Off oh, that one is really bad. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, the other move the Broncos made on Friday. So, again, that's the new helmet. We expect that on Tuesday, the release there. At least it's just the helmet, I think. I don't think it's a full getup. I, I believe Cliss the other day said that the new uniforms will probably be a few years down the line here. The other move the Broncos made on Friday was they brought in another kicker. Some kicking competition. They signed Brett Maher, yeah. former Cowboy kicker. Why and- does anybody even know him? Because he had the yips in the playoffs. There you go. In a real way. Actually, some of the worst kicker yips I've ever seen for a single game. Four. I think it was at least I think it was at least four missed four. extra points. It was really bad. He was like what, two for six in extra points or something like that? And and the Cowboys eventually got so sick of it that Mike McCarthy stopped kicking extra points and at the end they just went for it. He did make a few field goals. But I don't know, man, if you got the yips like that down in there, they're they don't just go away. Hey, like you Look, we're talking about patience, right? Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is not the place for kicker rehab. <laughs> no, this, this, no, like, no, there's, no. We need something solid. 
<laughs> yeah. And now it's going to be Bert and Ernie competing in camp. <laughs> Brad Maher and Elliot Fry. That is going to be my nickname for those two kicking in camp. That ki- that kicking competition is Bert and Ernie. Because, look, I I don't want to bag on Brad Maher too much for one game. But, again, I do believe that if you miss four extra points in one game, that that's down there somewhere. That's buried in the back of your mind. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You miss one. And, uh-oh. Here it goes again. You just, look, I don't know, man. I, I was, you know, Brett Maher, I will give him credit. A couple years ago, he had a really solid season, and he's got a big leg. And really, at altitude, you need a big leg. I think if, you, if you're going to kick here, you need to take advantage of it. It, it, it. it can put you in position to win a few games. I, I just, man, of all the things you have to fix and all of the pressure and all the attention that's on the franchise <laughs> to go that route is I, I'd rather have an average guy than someone who is a boom or bust potential like that. What week is Mason Crosby in here kicking? Like, if you here, let me actually let me ask you this: Had they signed Mason Crosby, you feel more confident or less confident? I I can sit back, right? Check. I'd be fine. Check. We know Mason can kick it altitude, baby. I mean, Mason. Yeah, Mason was the best college kicker I've ever seen. Look, look is he going to be as good at least as Brandon McManus was last year? Who? Mason Crosby, at least probably yeah. So you're fine with that, yeah. You're fine I mean, he's that. getting up there. He's salt and pepper now, but that's all right. I'm. I would feel way more comfortable with that. Or Robbie Gould. These guys pick pick, pick one fifty man. Pick one. In fact, I'd rather have a kicking competition between Robbie Gould and Mason Crosby than Bert and Ernie in a, in a heartbeat. They're probably a little too expensive, right? I get that part. Why? But. Why? They're on the street right now. How could they be too expensive? Well, I'm gonna, asking. Look, they're going to be on somebody's team in September. Trust me. You think both of them. Well, and a lot of these teams have two kickers, so maybe a team ends up cutting a kicker. Do you believe that either one of these guys is going to end up as a starting kicker? I, I, yes. Yeah, I do, too. And I don't know who. It's going to be Brett Maher. But, but you would think. you know, Yeah, because he's got experience with Sean Payton. What's the point? Sean Payton loves his guys. That's what we know. All right, coming up on the other side, it was Pac-12 Media Day this week. We heard from Shadour and Travis Hunter. Some interesting comments there. Coach Prime is back in the news as well as digging into the storylines for the Broncos in 2023 because it is training camp week and it's time to dissect what we're going to be having our eyes on here in camp. That's that's to come here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. A little drama. A little morning drama, Kyle, at Royal Liverpool. Brian Harmon, bogeys again. John Rahm's birdied. That lead that was at five is down to three. The last segment, didn't you say this was in the bag? I said that if he lost, I'd be pretty surprised. Okay. And honestly, losing a five-shot lead right out of the gate like that, that does not spell good news for Brian Harmon, as both those players are through five there at Royal Liverpool. So we'll have our eye on that the rest of the morning. But this week was Pac-12 Media Week in Vegas, which, by the way, if CU ends up going to the Big 12 at some point, it'll be a real shame. Only because, from a media perspective, having all the events in Vegas since they've transitioned there from L.A. has been fantastic. Vegas is just the best place to host anything. I know that you went to school in Vegas, But as far as, like, being there, here's what I love about Vegas. And this is going to be, again, I may be in the minority here. I love going to Vegas when you've got something to do. 
so you don't constantly just have free reign to be a degenerate. <laughs> you just you have to have your act together just a little bit so that, yeah, you don't want to wake up at 2 o'clock because you're going to sleep through the meeting you got at 10 or, you know, the, the press conference or the game. So for me, doing sports media and going to events in Vegas has always been a blast because it's the perfect amount. You can balance the debauchery with the with, with the, the business. Uh, business, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem with Vegas. What's that? They don't tell you no until you run out of money. And it doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is yes, as long as you got some money in your pocket. So uh-huh, that's uh, true. It's a um, it's an interesting place. But selfishly, I, I understand what you're saying. It mm-hmm. is a place for great place for conventions, great place to hang out, uh, particularly in the spring and the fall. The summer can be a little little brutal because oh, it, yeah. it's 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 hot out there. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I understand your selfish yeah. leanings towards having the uh, Vegas media. is great. Vegas is great, but it's also great when you have something to do. So you just you can't, like, completely let your hair down. That That is a recipe for disaster in Vegas. If you just let go completely. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I spent a week there one <laughs> night. Exactly. Exactly. I spent a week there one night. Yeah. It felt yeah. like a week. It, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, with the CU football program, Coach Prime clearly wasn't able to make the trip to Vegas because he had to have yet another surgery. And we're talking about Deion Sanders up at CU for blood clots. And to straighten out the three toes he has left on that left foot. And look, I mean, this guy is, you know, really going through the ringer this summer to make sure that physically he can be there ready in the fall. And I don't know if kids can, you know, those kids on the team can really appreciate that. But that in and of itself is pretty inspirational, man. To me, it is at least. Yeah, on some levels. Um, Which levels is it not? Well... Because you still have to have the ability to back it. I think a few years ago when Vic Fangio had the kidney stones or the uh, oh my God, uh, before, before the Hall of Fame game, how, how inspired were the Broncos by that? Yeah, he's a tough guy, but we didn't play better because he was a tough guy. You know what I mean? This, I, you did the, not. You, yeah, I you did. You did not just compare the two. No, it is the same. Because you can't, just because you're inspired doesn't mean that you play better. Vic <laughs> <Big> Fangio had <laughs> his kidney stones. <laughs> I'm just saying, That man. was hilarious. I'm just saying. This is way different. Vic Fangio <laughs> having his kidney stones and Coach Prime going through multiple blood clot surgeries same. that are pretty. No, it is not the same. same yeah. It is not the same, my friend. <laughs> If you if you think it is the same, then we need a medical professional to text in on the Ramoslaw.com no, text line. 303-713-1043. Help Kyle out. Gotta have the juice. It doesn't matter. Here is what Coach Prime had to say about being ready for the start of the year. I promise you, when we go to TCU, I'm running out in front of our team. To me, that's pretty inspirational, man. And look, obviously, you know, everybody has their, you know, their own stuff in their life to go through, but to be the athlete that he was at his level, to go to being so limited as he's been and fighting the way he has, I to me it's inspirational. It is. Whether or not you draw inspiration from it, I think it is. Look, for somebody who needs a bunch of those surgeries to fix myself out, <laughs> I think it's inspirational. Go, Coach Prime. <laughs> That's the guy. I'm rooting star. for you. Okay. I'm rooting for you. I, I can appreciate his toughness. And I can Sorry. Don't, no, don't, don't appreciate it. But no, I'm not asking you. You still got to have dues. Look. On Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Kyle. You still have to have dues. You still got to have dues, man. Doesn't matter if Coach Prime's just gone through a battle. You still have to have the players, he huh? inspired as you What would we be. do if you weren't here? It just I, the you, you, you fly off the handle. Apparently, you living in La La Land. <laughs> apparently, well, I'm glad I have you here to keep me grounded. Thank you, lucky star. Grounded in too much of reality, hey, I guess. Real, real quick, yeah. Let's say hypothetically, Dion's fully healthy. 
Okay. Do you think he's top 10 fastest runner on the uh, bus? <laughs> no, man. Like in a no, 40 yard No, they got some speed. Maybe. I don't know, though. Hey, it's man. Coach Prime. There's some guys. Daryl Green was like 50. He ran like a 4 That's true. I remember that. I remember that. Do you have him in the top 10 then? No. Come on. Kyle? Come fully, on. Fully healthy? Yeah, let's say. I mean, he's this age, but he's fully healthy. Stop yeah, I, I, I think he's I think he's faster than. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. These kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. The man's what? How old is Dion now? He's 55, 56, somewhere in there. But he's also one of the greatest athletes that have ever lived. All right, well, enough of that hypothetical. <laughs> this is what Travis Hunter, of course, who is the number one recruit in the 2021 uh, high school class, who transferred in with Coach Prime. He's going to be playing receiver and DB. Here's what he had to say at media day. Is there a defensive back that you're looking forward to matching up with or a wide receiver that you're looking to matching up with? No, everybody is the same person. They're our enemy, so yeah. just ready to go out there and play. All right, seemed pretty businesslike. How about Shador? Well, I'm a Sanders. You know, I don't feel pressure. That's the thing. It's in my blood. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get nervous. I don't get none of that. Uh, especially when you prepare, you got the coaches and you got the staff and the players around you. Like, there's no real pressure. You just find yourself in your own thoughts. And that's the thing. I don't, I don't really, I don't fear no names or no nothing like that. What'd you take? The opponent has no face, no name. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I love that he has the, uh, he's playing for the name on the back of the jersey, too. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's. Oh, don't you forget that. Well, that comes with the territory when that name is on the back of your jersey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did I hate to get all left. Did you see he bought a Maybach? Oh, of course. Yeah, this was this was months ago, though. Holy this is months ago. Yeah, well, man, if I had the $1.5 million NIL deal or whatever he's making, I'm sure he's making plenty, man. I got no problem with that. Stunt. Go ahead. That thing is nice, too. Have you seen it? Have you seen the interior? I, I, have you, is there such a thing as a not nice Maybach? I'm just saying. Why? Don't hate. Don't hate the player. I hate the game. I'm hating the game for sure. Yeah, well, you can go ahead and hate on the game, but you saw Prime. They, and they've got some pretty good comments at Media Day. Like, you know, they they told the line and they, they did the right thing. Here's what I like. Somebody texted me the other day. Uh, a, a season ticket holder texted me the other day and said, "Shadur and Travis are kind of boring, aren't they?" Good. And I said, "That's exactly what I said." One word response. I said, "Good." I said, "I don't want them." drawn attention. I don't want them all flashy. Those guys need to be all business because this is a big jump for them. We talk about CU being a better program than they were last year, but we will still readily acknowledge that this is a whole new world. This is the big stage now. It is the big stage. No and, and look, Coach Prime is going to give you the quotables. He's uh-huh. going to give you the yeah. headlines. Don't worry about that part. Yeah. That is secure. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, those guys are the ones that have to get on the field. Mm-hmm. So... You know, for one, you don't want to give any teams anything to put up on the board because there's already been a ton of backlash all throughout college football about what's going on in Boulder. So let's go ahead and toe the line, say the right things, and go back to work. We've heard a lot of Pac-12 coaches come out and speak out against the program this offseason already and speak out against Coach Prime. Yeah, everybody. Uh, But specifically in the Pac-12, we've heard more than a few whether it be head coaches anonymously or quality control assistants or, you know, Tom, Dick, Harry, or even Larry coming out of the woodwork to throw barbs at Coach Prime, do you believe, let me paint you a hypothetical. I'm trying to think of the right coach to do this with. You flushed Dante's hypothetical about Tim Inska. Yeah, but no, no, no. This one's actually realistic. <laughs> yeah, instead of Coach Prime being the fastest top 10 buff on the team. This real journalism, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Small J. Um, 
let's just say CU is on the precipice of getting blown out this upcoming season. You pick a game. Pick a game. Arizona State. On the, on the road? They're going to get blown out against ASU? I mean, that, I can't think of a worse. Pick a different one because Kenny Dillingham you is also. Tell me to pick and then tell me. Yeah, to pick well, a pick different a different one. one because, UCLA. Okay. Chip Kelly. Okay. All right. They play them this year, right? No. They might miss them They're this year. Schedule, no? No, they are. No, they are. You have to remind me. Yeah, I'll have to. Here, I Go got ahead right and here. lay out your hypothetical. All right, so. The schedule, man. I don't think they do. I want to make sure that it is the. Oh, you're right. At UCLA, they play. After family October weekend. October 28th. Yeah. Okay. You're at UCLA. You're down 21. Start of the fourth quarter. UCLA keep their starters in? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. UCLA's up 28. Shadura throws a pick six. Still the start of the fourth quarter. UCLA keep their starters in? You're probably, I, I think so. You see where I'm going with this? I, I understand where you're going with this, um, but just understanding the mentality of college football coaches. Uh, I think most, it's more of a college football thing yeah. than a CU thing. Yeah, but most college football coaches will pull those guys, man. When the game is out of reach, they'll bring in the redshirt freshman to come and get some reps. That is how college really – most of them do. Most of them – I think we're watching different college football Unless coaches. Unless it's like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams would, like, finish that game out. Yeah, every yeah. – not, not, I mean, no, no, it doesn't Back happen. in the day with Chip Kelly, used to run it up and win by, like, 70. My point is, is do you see that more often this year? It doesn't happen exclusively. It doesn't. There are plenty of coaches that, that'll get some younger guys some experience. I hear your point, though. I hear your point, though. If it's someone trying to accrue stats, they will absolutely do it. There's no, you have no argument for me. There, there's stats. You also have to take into account. I'm talking about making a statement. I'm talking about making a statement. Will teams be looking to make a statement this year against CU in more of a way than they have in the past? I I think that is something that... uh, Because in the past, it's been like, let's go put old Yeller, you know, out of his misery, right? We're going to hammer them, and then by the second half, you know, it'll be, you know, the the walk-ons and the, you know, JUCO transfers. But the problem was they couldn't stop them either. So That is the problem. You know, they were losing by an average But it's it's the new world. It's a whole new world, as Aladdin would say. I hear you. Um, will coaches be motivated to prove a point? By October, maybe not. Is that all just talk? What's that? Because a lot of people have said that there's a target there. There's a target on their back up there. And Prime being so boisterous and in your face with it has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So I'm just curious if you think that when the rubber meets the road, when these games are actually being played, if that's going to matter. It is, it or is that all Prime talk? the Pac-12 villain? And I yeah, think there you he, go. He... he Easily could play that role. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that you tune in to see lose. Yeah. So could you put him in the same lane as a Floyd Mayweather yeah. and you and you want to see him get his come up into I think you could absolutely see that play out this year. USC's up fifty two twenty four to start the fourth quarter in Boulder. And Caleb Williams is on his way to winning a consecutive he- uh, Heisman. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, I think so too. And I throw for six. Yeah, see, Dante, that was kind of my point. I think you have a better point with play calling. Not well. I think going I, in backups. Every, I think play calling sure. is going to be a bigger um, showing of if they have a target on their back. There you go. More, more, more. In are you going to be actively looking to make a statement against the Buffs this year? And I think we all believe that yes, teams will be looking to say, "Hey, you may be Deion Sanders, but this is not your game. This is my this is my dojo." Right? Do you all think right. that Deion could surpass? Because right now, I think Lincoln Riley's kind of the. Villain of the Pac-12. Do you think Dion? Oh no, I think him? he's. I think he's already done that. Yeah, the really. Problem, the yeah. problem is he's, he's. They're so good at football. 
Right. It right. Work for you. <laughs> exactly. You know? So exactly. I, I can be the villain and you can't do anything about it. Right. But I think you're, you're onto something because the two Southern California teams, they don't like people outshining, mm-hmm. particularly SC. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you if you're trying to steal a little bit of this shine, Oregon, too. Dr. Buff's got to go two aughts in this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a rocky road. All right, when we come back, the storylines of 2023 for the Broncos on the RamosLaw.com text line. I want you guys to start chiming in. 303-713-1043. What are your biggest storylines for this season? We'll dive into those next. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan. You want to know what I was doing yesterday? I asked you what you were doing, but you didn't reciprocate, so I guess you don't. So why don't I just move on? Yesterday? Yeah, you asked me last weekend. What'd you so, do yesterday? So, so don't do this, man. So what'd you do don't yesterday, do Kyle? Don't get, don't get on the radio and... and, and, and <laughs> what'd you do yesterday, Kyle? I can't remember. How was your Saturday? It's my mother-in-law's birthday. We hung out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little low-key, or what'd you do? I was just chilling, man. Just chilling. Yeah, just chilling? Yeah. Hung out family, kids. Nice. Yeah. Saturdays. That's what Saturdays are for. <clears throat> family time. <clears throat> what... what are you leading me up to something that I'm... What did you not- do yesterday, Matt? Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Don't you love people, Dante, who only... Hey, how you hey, doing? Hey, Kyle, I'll I'm tell you what great. I did yesterday. I only asked you so I can tell you how I'm doing. I'll tell you what I did yeah, yesterday. please, go I was ahead. up at CU. Didn't ask you. I was up at CU, not for football. Okay. But for basketball. But for basketball. Yeah, I live up in Boulder. Okay. Yeah, but for basketball. Not for CU, like, you know, the college team. But for the TBT team, the tournament, the basketball tournament, the winner-take-all $2 million cash prize, the alumni, primarily alumni tournament where teams from around the country compete for this prize, bunch of former alumni in town yesterday, and a lot of the guys getting going on practice. The team is going to be Dominique Collier. We, of course, know him well, Denver East. He's high school, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was the chosen one, Dom was. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, Dom and then Shannon Sharp, not the, you know, Shannon Sharp of the Broncos, the other Shannon Sharp. Yeah, 2.0. Yep. George King. George King oh, wow. dealing with a bit of a, 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 an injury, though. Hopefully he can rehab. There's a chance he'll play. Trayshawn Fletcher, who played at CU for a couple of years before transferring to Toledo. He was on the team that beat Kansas with Spencer Dinwiddie and Askia Booker. Xavier Johnson is on the team as well. We also have... Jariah Horn, who played the one year. He was a grad transfer from Tulsa, was a good three-point shooter. We also have Evan Batty. Everybody knows Evan Batty, of course. Big fella, 6'8", you know, 250-plus. He can. He's a load down there. Dallas Walton is on the team, another Colorado kid, right? Seven-footer. Shane Gatling is on the team. He was a transfer into CU. He played one year at CU. Richard Roby, the all-time leading scorer. Wow. Roby's still got some gas left in the so tank. how far does this go back? Uh, Roby's, the, Roby's the furthest back, yeah. Okay. The last few years, this is the first time that team has been together since pre-COVID. And pre-COVID, it was primarily the Patton guys. So, you know, guys like Dominique Coleman, he's there now, but he's not playing. He, he's coaching, helping coach right now with Zach Rubisam, who's the coach of player development over there for Tad Boyle. But, yeah, Roby's as far back as it goes. 
But it's always fun to watch Richard Roby play, man. Richard Roby still got some game. There's a bunch of guys that can can still play. They just can't do it on a night in, night out, right. three days a week deal. <laughs> right. Both, most of the guys are still playing pro. I mean, the, most of the guys, they'll, they'll be overseas. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But anyway, that gets going. They are playing the men of Mackey on Wednesday afternoon in Dayton, Ohio. That is the Purdue alumni team. I believe Robbie Hummel is on that team. And CSU fans will remember the name John Octius. John Octius, who played up at CSU before transferring, he'll be playing on that team as well. You have to love that about basketball, that you can pick up at 35 years old yeah, and, and it's, get it's right It's fantastic. Back to it. Right, you can't do that with football. Deshaun Schwartz, another local kid, oh, is nice. also playing for okay. TBTCU. I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. No, I think that's everybody right there. Can you there. be an active college no. basketball player and play? No. no. Not even with NIL? Nope. Okay. No, I wasn't sure if that opened the door like for that kind no. of stuff. Uh, uh-uh. uh, you can't retain, you can't have, you can't be actively a college basketball player and play in the TBT. But I'm looking forward to it, man. It's always a really fun tournament. They made the finals like the second year of TBT. Marcus Hall, you know, Dwight Thorne, Dominique Coleman, Roby, Chris Copeland, all those guys. That was years ago now, but this is like grown man intramural stuff. It's it's a little bit more intense than intramurals because there's two yeah, million dollars of money. Yeah, there's two million dollars <laughs> on the line. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that getting going. They'll be practicing up in Boulder the next few days, and then like I said, Dayton on Wednesday afternoon against the Metamaki. Uh, when we come back on the other side, the storylines for the Broncos in 2023. Give me one storyline off the top of your head right now before we make our list, so I can start thinking about this during the break. The safety position. The safety position? Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. There's that is not where I expected you to go, yeah. but that is well, I what makes to, you you. There was there was some easy ones. There were some layups there, right? You could easily put out the receiver. I just asked you for one. Yep. But don't, I, don't, don't give me any more. No, no, The no. safety position. I surprised you, but, you know, there's there's Justin a, Simmons, a Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns, that's, that's the real conversation. Apparently, J.L. Skinner is tracking to be ready for camp, too, which is their rookie out of Boise State that they picked in the sixth round coming off that torn peck, yeah. who teams expected to be a higher draft pick than that. All right, we'll get into the safeties. Apparently, that's a big storyline. Kyle will tell us why, and we'll determine what the rest of them are next on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan.